Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. A day late, but you know, I have reasons, okay? Welcome to Bravo East Coast Housewives. I am your host, Kim Hacera. And you know what? Uh, yes, this episode is a day late. Yins, guys, I'm so sorry. I do have to say, guess who's back in Shy City, honey? That's your girl. Got in on Thursday, right? Haven't been here for a long ass time. So your girl had to get her fixings and all her shit in her apartment. Had to go food shopping, do all this shit because I had to throw out a ton of stuff. And honestly, it's been quite an adjustment. And my puppy is with me, little Roro. And it's just been kind of insane trying to get shit together. You all know how it is whenever you move anywhere. So I just feel like it's just been a whole hell of a lot. But there's a lot of things to discuss. Uh, we should just get right into it right now. I have, I honestly have to say, these past couple episodes, like this past episode of Real Housewives of Potomac and Real Housewives of New York City, I have to say, I've been a little bored with them. I was kind of disappointed with the rumor mill episode, and I was disappointed with the what do I want for Christmas? I was disappointed with that too. Now, when we get to those episodes, I will tell you why, but there are some things in the Bravo sphere that is huge, and drum roll please, even though Yin's guys already know it, if you're on social media at all, BravoCon is canceled and you can hear my dog right now so hopefully he'll simmer down that's the other thing that I found pretty challenging so if any of you guys can give me tips and tricks my dog needs adjustment from being in an apartment building he barks a lot and I know eventually if I don't take care of that shit the neighbors will complain and then they're going to want me out and they're going to want to like hit me in the face and all the type shit so if any of you guys have any tips please let me know because I definitely need some back to BravoCon Ugh. I was so, so bummed when I saw that Instagram message that said, out of an abundance of caution, we are postponing BravoCon 2021 until next year. Oh, Bravo gods, why would you do that to us? Ah, although honestly, I don't really mind that because... The time that BravoCon was supposed to be happening is also the weekend that me and my high school closest girlfriends are going to be going to Charleston, North Carolina. Oh, wait, fuck Kim. What the fuck is wrong with Charleston, South Carolina? Clearly, I know nothing about geography. I am kind of happy because I'm not going to be missing anything. But yeah, BravoCon is canceled. Fuck our lives. This sucks. But now we're going to get into some big to-do shit with Roni and the rumor mills about certain things, Ramona, etc. So Ramona, she's trying not to show up at the reunion. And we saw that on Watch What Happens Live. Andy kind of called her out. He said, yeah, do you regret this, Ramona? 
because you know how he does the do you regret it. So he says, do you regret calling me today at three o'clock asking if you can get out of coming on the show because someone offered you Lady Gaga tickets? Oh, my God. First of all, she said, "Um, uh, mm, mm, yeah, yes, I do. OK. And then he he asked her if she could even name a Lady Gaga song and she couldn't because she's Ramona and she doesn't listen to fucking Lady Gaga. She just doesn't want to go to the damn reunion because she doesn't want to be posted as a racist white supremacist that's the reason and we all know it we see you Ramona but also (laughs) she said she said whenever Andy asked her do you know any Lady Gaga songs let's let's not do we recall Ramona even said she doesn't even call her Lady Gaga she says Lady Gaga that's what she says do we not did we not see an episode where she said that? I believe that we did. So Ramona's response as well to Andy about knowing Lady Gaga tunes. This is what she says. She's like, "Oh my god, you have you have me so flustered now. I I just I can't think." Ramona, you don't know any. You're putting on that pop 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 poker face, pop pop poker face. She's putting on that poker face, okay? And she's not doing a good job. So I wouldn't want to bet with her. Now, moving on, we all know that she wants to get out of the reunion. The reunion has been postponed because there's some shit going on. Now, I found this about on a new website, honeys, okay? Reality Blurb is still doing God's work, but I went to All About Truth, okay? The All About Truth website. And it says here that some of the Roni ladies are panicking. They're panicking because producers are trying to figure out if these women will be coming back next season. Only a few of them. And obviously there's only five, so what the fuck. The ones that seem to be saved are Luann, which I don't really know why. I feel like her storyline is kind of over, and Sonia's. I kind of feel like her storyline's the same too, but people love her so much that I don't think she's going to go. So the three supposedly women that should be scared and are supposedly panicking are Ramona, Ebony, and Leah. Now, Ramona, we're not surprised by that, right? But Leah and Ebony, I was like, why? This is kind of weird. Like, I want to know more. These sources are saying that producers want to revamp the show and they also feel that there should at least be one more housewife part of the cast which we all have been saying that we need to bring back Dorinda honey we still want Dorinda we miss her like crazy so I don't know who who would you want gone I feel like majority of the people would say Ramona I personally think yeah she's like really shitty majority of the time all the time But I feel like she's such a classic to the franchise. And between her, Sonia, and Luann, she stirs up the most shit that, I mean, right now isn't entertaining. It's just like super cringy. But over the years, it has been cringy yet entertaining, if you guys know what I'm saying. So I feel like, yes, the ratings are going down. And I guess there's another article that I found that Ebony is kind of coming on the defense saying these ratings are not going down because I'm on the show. And let me see. Let me see if I can get to that real quick. Okay, this is on Showbiz Cheat Sheet. So it says Andy Cohen finally speaks on cast shakeup rumors amid Ebony K. Williams drama. 
Andy did express that he feels like another full-time cast member should be here to round things out. Uh, Dorinda, hello. Tinsley's nice. Yes, we love her, but like she doesn't bring anything like Dorinda does. So bring back Dorinda, honey. Now, continuing on with this story, Andy goes on to say that this whole pandemic has really made an interesting filming situation for these ladies, but we also have seen that with all of the ladies, so... I don't know. I kind of feel like that's not really a good reasoning, but, you know, because everyone else has been doing that too, but whatever. That's what he said. And he says, obviously, the viewer experience is so different from previous seasons because of this. Andy continues on by saying, to entertainment tonight, he says, they had to spend extended time to Ramona's house whenever they were doing the shit. Um, What was it? The... What the fuck was it? The Burning Man thing. I was like, Woodstock? But no, Woodstock. Uh, They had to extend the trip to Ramona's house, which technically would not happen during regular life. And everyone's so into New York City, but everything was shut down. So they had to like make do with what they had. And that's why they were in Salem for so long. Because if not, and everything was normal, everything would be different about the season. So now going on to Ebony. She is denying the speculation that she is responsible for low ratings, which I don't think she's responsible at all for the low ratings. I just think that, I don't know, we're in a pandemic still. Things are getting crazy, fucking crazy with the Delta variant. So we're all on edge. We're all still confused of what to do. There's so much shit going on. I don't blame Ebony for the low ratings, okay? Check the other ratings of the shows. I don't think they're doing as well as in the past either. I'm just saying. So this this article says that the speculation that Williams's conversations about race and diversity takes away from the fun on the show. Okay, but here's the thing. They've tackled so many other things on the show, such as mental health, alcoholism, bankruptcy, divorce. Why does race, why, why, why should that be any different? It is also an issue that needs to be addressed. So I don't know what the fucking problem is. So I'm on Ebony's side with that because, I don't know, it's just ridiculous that why would you cover up an issue that is clearly right in front of you? address it, learn from it, and be better. Be better than The Gap. Ebony also explained that she is not going to change to appease people with the audience and the viewers, which, duh, you shouldn't have to do that. If the people who are watching the show are getting uncomfortable by watching everything that's going down, then then that's their own problem. It has nothing... That's their own problem. Don't watch the show then and go watch something else. So we shall see what's going to come about with Roni. As I said, this past episode was boring to me. I did not enjoy it really as much as I should have. So I do feel like Roni is kind of going in a direction where it's just sort of there. And I feel like I need to watch it just because, well, one, I need to talk about it. And also because I feel like I owe it because I'm such a fan of them in the first place, but they are kind of losing me with the interest a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Now, the other thing that's been pretty big, Jen Shaw. Holy fuck. Okay. Reality blurb back again, baby. Now, the attorney on why Jen Shaw likely headed for horrible outcome as Salt Lake City star faces seven to 10 years in prison over the alleged telemarketing scheme. 
<sighs> shit. Like, I don't know. I always thought it would be really cool to be a housewife just because they do all these fun trips. There's a bunch of girlfriends, closest girlfriends. But it almost seems like you need to be in either financial trouble or legal trouble. You're about to go to jail. Are you going to jail? Is your husband cheating on you? Like, I, I don't know. It's it's a lot to swallow, okay? It's a big pill to swallow. So I don't know. I might be taking back my wish for being a housewife. But I'm still thinking about it. If they called me, I probably would. <laughs> so with Jen, this guy, what is he? Ronald Richards. He is investigating... Erica Jane's shit, okay? So he's talking about Jen Shaw with his whole thing. And even though he's like on Erica Jane's shit doing all that, what's his last name? Let me see here. Ronald Richards. Okay. So with the whole Jen Shaw stuff, he said, you know, doing this free Jen Shaw shit on social media, paraphrasing, he didn't say shit, but you know what I'm saying. She's filing for frivolous motions that are going nowhere and says that Jen doesn't really understand the federal court thing and she really shouldn't be doing much of anything. I think Erica does more so just because she was married to Tom and attorney and all that kind of shit. But I think, I don't know, maybe Jen's just really into the fame right now and she doesn't really care about that until it will literally hit her in the face smack dab. So we'll see what happens with that. He continues to say, quote, in federal court, if you own it early on, you can save yourself years in prison. There's a 1% acquittal rate, and that's because they don't indict you unless they really have enough evidence. Typically, they work their cases up for years before they indict. So the source continues to say, that Jen and Erica are basically on the top of the list when it comes to Bravo stars and huge shit, basically. So we don't really know what their future holds. We're obviously going to keep tabs on it. We'll see it on social media. We'll see it on the blogs. We'll see it on the websites. We'll figure it out as far as knowing what's going on. So now, with that said, let's go and talk a little bit about Roni and Potomac and then I got something really fucking fun to share with you guys at the end like I was just so so happy and I'll tell you why after this so with Roni's episode now mind you this is the whole Christmas filming of the song because I know that the other one just aired last night but I'm recording this a little bit earlier so you'll get that take next week and also I totally forgot to mention because technically this episode should be with my good pal Brent but as I said before coming back to Chicago there was a lot of shit going on had to take care of it I also had a bachelorette bridal shower uh, for a friend of mine so we all know how that goes So, but he will be back on the show. We are trying to get the schedules to link up, but he will be back and he will be dishing his shit on Potomac. But now Roni, okay? So this episode, we see that Ebony gets her DNA tested because she wants to figure out if this chick Ashley is in fact her real sister. That's the one that reached out to her on Instagram and said, hey, I'm your sister. So we see that. Then we go to Sonia meeting Luann for lunch somewhere in the city. And they're reflecting on the birthday party for Ramona and Sonia from the other night. 
And they were talking about that pirate lookalike model dude. I think his name was Dylan. So they were talking about that. Sonia was basically saying, oh, my God, I'm Sonia Morgan. I still got it. Saying that she slept with him and all this kind of shit. And she could barely walk in the morning. Oh, oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, that was so it was so convincing the way that she was doing it. And then we see later on in the episode that it's completely different. But we'll get there. So then Ramona then comes up and meets them. And in her confessional, she does a little shade. This was amazing. And this is a frenemy at work. I love it. I mean, they are definitely frenemies, but friends, I don't know. It's just amazing because it never fails. Ramona and or Sonia throw each other under the bus all the time. It's great. So Ramona says (laughs) when it comes to Dylan and Sonia from the night before going home, having sex, all that shit. (laughs) she says man I'm like I'm like shocked that she went home with him but I'm even more shocked that like he went home with her what Ramona that was so evil but yes honey I loved it popcorn in my mouth while that happened thank you so then after that we then hear that Ebony's new relationship that she had with this man is now over they are not together anymore And then we see Leah in her apartment and then her, uh, supposedly she has a brother now. We never knew that. So her brother comes over and I guess a lot of people on social media are saying that like he's super fucking hot. I didn't really get that memo. I don't think he's ugly. He's just like not my vibe. But I don't know. It's like really, it's like a Kathy Hilton to me. Like everyone fucking loves Kathy Hilton and I'm trying to figure that out and it's just sort of the same. So I feel like Leah's brother, Kathy Hilton, what gives? I'm trying to figure it out. What am I missing? I'm clearly missing something. Like I'm the fucking idiot. But anyway, so they're coming over and Leah's sister also comes over and they're all leaning on each other throughout this hard time with her grandmother passing. And then after that, then we go to Sonia's house. This is like a super short synopsis just because I said before I wasn't really, the episode didn't really do much for me. So that's why it's a shorter synopsis than normal. Now, we meet Sonia at her place. Her healer is coming over, and they talk about Sonia's relationship with her father and how her father never really wanted Sonia to be around. He was more into spending time with his other kids that were not Sonia's biological siblings. So whenever he got remarried, I think he got remarried, but we all know that he had kids with someone else. But he displayed more love and affection toward the other children than Sonia. So she obviously felt really abandoned. So now she has abandonment issues, which don't we all in a way have abandonment issues? I feel like sometimes I do. And I had a really good childhood. I don't know. Then after that, we end up going back to Ebony's place. She gets her DNA results, calls up Ashley and says, girl, I'm so sorry. I wish it would have been the other way around. I have to go back to the drawing board. We are not a match. And, you know, you saw Ashley on the other line. She was really upset. I do like the fact that Ebony continued to say, I still want to have a relationship with you. It's not like I'm going to hang up the phone and say, bye. You weren't a match. See ya. Good luck in life. We have a connection and I want to continue this relationship. So that's another reason why Ebony is kick ass and she's just like a really good human. And people who think that she's bringing down the ratings of the show, fuck you. She's not. (laughs) She's she's killing it. I fucking enjoy her on the show. She should have been on years earlier. That's just that's just what it is. 
This next part, this next scene in the show kind of made me a little nervous because we were back at Sonia's townhouse and her partner of Sonia by Sonia Morgan, I forget his name. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even want to guess a name because I just don't remember it. So he came over with her VP as well of Sonia by Sonia Morgan. And Sonia really just wanted to say, hey, what the fuck is up? We were at Century 21. Obviously, they went bankrupt. They had to close down all that shit. I thought my sales were doing really well. I want to know what's going on with the books. Show me the books, honey. Show me the money. Show me the non-money. Show me everything. I need to know. I personally think she probably shouldn't have just given that particular task to someone. I think that she should have been on it a little bit more. She was being a little aloof with that. And that's when you can get screwed over. Talk to Robin Dixon, just saying. And I fucking love you, Robin, but you definitely learned your lesson for sure. And we all know that because we saw it on the show. Still love you. You're one of my fave housewives. Yes. So I do like the fact that Ramona came over, even though I'm sure everyone else was like, why the fuck is she there? This is like a business meeting. I think Ramona is actually pretty knowledgeable about the whole business aspect of things. Not like Dr. Wendy. We'll get which I'm fucking surprised by that, too. But we'll get there. So Ramona comes to help her out and she actually does a really good job with the whole business talk with this guy because she's like, oh, she's spin out the numbers of like, oh, you're giving her $10,000 or there's $80,000. So that's like $600,000 a year. Where's this money going? Where are the books? Da, 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 da. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Sonia was just sort of, I don't know, allowing her to kind of do all the talking, which also makes me nervous because in my mind, I'm like, aren't you the head of this whole thing? Like, You should be more like a Bethany when it comes to the business. You're being too aloof, Sonia. Come on, girl. You can do it. But she also says in her confessional that she's really annoyed in a sense that her partner is basically giving her such vague answers about the financials. And then we learn, and Ramona didn't even know this, that apparently Sonia has $10,000 of uncashed checks per her partner's words. Sonia, what the fuck? Where are these checks? Do you have them? In the scene, you never said that you didn't have them. You never said that you didn't get them. Where are they? And why didn't you cash them? Like, that's insane. If someone gave me a $10,000 check, holy fuck, I would be at the bank at the next day. Fuck that. I won't even do that. Well, I probably would because it's like $10,000. Then there's like that legal thing and all that kind of shit because I worked at a bank. So I think it's after you got to like file it and then people. Yeah. Anyways. So I would go the next day and I would do that shit. So Sonia girl, where are those checks? You don't want them. Send them to me. I'll give you my Chicago address, honey. Just send them my way. (sighs) But then now where are we? Do 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 do. What do I want for Christmas? It's Lou. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's you, not Lou. Okay. We're at the music video shoot. Ebony is with Leah. They're getting in the car. They're going there. And Ebony's like, you know, I found out that Ashley's not a match. And I got to go back to the drawing board. And I'm like a fatherless child again. That broke my heart when she said that in her confessional too. I was just like, oh, definitely pulled on the heartstrings. Um, But she's a strong ass bitch. And I know that she's going to find who her father is. I really hope that she does. So then once all the ladies are arriving, Luann is already doing her professional music video shoot. (laughs) And I thought this was amazing. The producer guy, or no, the director of the video, (laughs) she has to like come in from like a terrace or something. They're on like fucking high floor and shit. It's a really nice place, of course, because it's the housewives. Nothing would be cheap, honey. 
So she has to come in from outside multiple times and do the same scene. <laughs> and the producer was like, we're going to keep going over and over. And then this is Luann. Oh, viva la diva. This is what she says. She's like, yeah, but it's cold and it's raining. My dog is barking. You can hear that. She says, yeah, but it's cold and it's raining. So my hair is going to be a mess. I thought it was crazy. So as soon as everyone is there, this was fun. I liked what Leah said in her confessional. She's like, you know, I feel like this is what Luann's vision and view of eternal life is. And she is all here with Giovanni and her girlfriends. And of course, she's the star. You know why? Because it's cabaret. It's cabaret. She basically has big ass Christmas trees, Giovanni and all the women. And of course, she's the queen. I'm sorry, Carol, but she's like, no, Luann, I'm sorry that I'm a princess and you're only a countess. Ooh, love it. Bring back Carol, too. I liked her a lot. So you see Ramona telling Luann about how Sonia made up the story of sleeping with the model guy, Dylan, and... She says, you know what, actually, you know, Sonia says that she slept with him, but in all reality, she goes back to his hotel room and, and she's there with, with him and his girlfriend. So there were three of them in there and she ended up falling asleep and I got a phone call at 2.30 in the morning and she was just lying on the floor. Was she on the floor? She might have been on the bed, but she was passed out. So someone had to come get her and Luann was hearing Ramona tell her that shit. So guess what? Sonia lied. She lied. She lied. Why would she lie? I mean, she doesn't need to lie. So the girls thought it was hilarious. And then Sonia finally arrives. And she continues to talk about this whole evening whenever she's talking to Leah. And she's like, oh, man, am I Sonia Morgan? Oh, I couldn't even get up the next day. Oh, my gosh. So that was interesting. So the way that that ended is Luann and Ramona called Sonia out about her lie with Mr. Pirate Dylan. And of course, whenever that happens, Sonia gets a little embarrassed, then she walks away. But then she also says that she still had sex with him. I guess the girlfriend watched or something. I don't know. I She was doing way too much to try to convince us otherwise. Like, it was just too much. So I don't buy it. What she was selling, I don't buy it. And none of the other girls did. And then you see Ebony in her confessional saying that she feels bad for Sonia because she feels like Sonia always has to hype herself up so she can be included and accepted in this friend group, which is really Ramona and Luann's approval, which I don't understand. I feel like Sonia has just as much going on as the other two women, if not more. So I don't even know why Sonia would have to do that to herself because she doesn't. But the other one little thing that I found enjoyable in this episode was whenever Luann was in her confessional talking about, you know, I'm just so glad that the girls understand how much work this is. You know, I'm not just a diva. It's really hard work. Talking about the production, the writing, the recording, the video shoot, the cabaret shows. But honey, Lou, you're not doing any of that shit. You're just showing up and you're doing your thing as the performer. You're not doing any of the production. You definitely didn't do any of the writing of the song. You just showed up to the recording session, did what the writers and the producers said. You're not doing any of the shit. Everyone else is doing it for you. Just get that straight. They're doing all the work. You're just showing up and you're singing a song and you're in your Giovanni and that's all I have to say with that. 
<laughs> and that's the episode. So now we're going to go to Real Housewives of Potomac and the potential Eddie rumor cheating on Dr. Wendy. And yes, I'm still kind of getting annoyed with all of the shit that she's wearing, aka not wearing. Let's get to Potomac. I loved how it started. We see Ashley with her new beautiful baby, Dylan. So cute. Looks nothing like baby Dean, which means he looks nothing like Michael. (laughs) Even though, you know, I have to say, as Cameron from Southern Charm said, you see a lot of babies ugly when they're born, but then they pretty up later. And I think, I think, I'm not saying that Dean was ugly. I just don't think Michael is the most attractive man. But I do have to say, Dean is much, much cuter now than, uh... Wow, I really sound like a fucking awful person. Anyway, Dean is really cute. Uh, He doesn't look anything like Dylan, but they're both adorable. And I love the response that Dean had with Dylan. I mean, you saw him caress him and laugh and kiss him. It was the cutest thing. And you can really just see Ashley. I honestly think that this is probably Ashley's happiest time. You can see so much joy in her now that she's a mother of two And she even said so herself. This is the best gift that she could give Dean is to have a brother and then they can be with each other and the bond is always going to be there. I just thought that was a really beautiful moment. And yeah, props up. Congratulations there, Ashley and Michael. Then we go to the next scene with Mia. She's doing a family picnic with her kids and her husband. And she straight up asks her kids, do you guys think that I work too much? And guess what? Her kids said yes. So Mia, that should be a wake-up call. Spend more time at home with your kids because you're going to want that time back whenever they're my age, like in their 30s and shit, and they don't want to see you anymore. But that's not true because I still want to see my parents. So that's not really going to happen. Just depends on the kid. But spend more time with them. They're telling you up front You're not here enough, mom. Basically, they're saying, we want you here because we love you. So come on, Mia, what the fuck? Be a boss. Anyways, we learn a little bit more about Mia and her upbringing. Apparently, her mom was on drugs and she ended up in foster care. And she didn't really have a great relationship with her mom because she was always coming and going out of her life. So obviously she has sort of a mother complex, which is completely understandable. I would not even know how to manage that. So for Mia to experience that and then we see her on a show called The Real Housewives of Potomac. I mean, that says a lot. That says a lot. She did tell her husband that she's trying to set up a lunch date with her mom to try to get everything back on track because I guess they recently just established a relationship. So she's in the process of healing the wounds and moving on and uh, essentially growing with her mom. And then we go to Candace's house. Candace is there talking to Chris about a trip that she wants to plan with the girls to Williamsburg. Personally, I wouldn't want to go to Williamsburg, but I guess it's a thing. So she's talking to Chris about it, and then he's bringing up the itinerary with her performing shit, her acting, and all that kind of stuff. And then she's like, ooh, my husband, he's pretty strict on me, and blah, 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 all that stuff. Chris also says that Candace should extend an invitation to Ashley for the Williamsburg trip. And I do remember Candace saying, bitch, don't you have to heal your vagina or something because you gave birth like two days ago? Like, you don't have to come. But then she's telling the producers that I just I just forgot to invite her. 
No, you didn't. You didn't want her there. That was messy, but I loved it. As I said before, Candace, I think you're growing on me. However, I still want Monique back. And I honestly do feel like the season would probably be better as far as plots and just the way that the episodes are because I'm also a little bit bored with Potomac right now because I feel like there isn't really anything juicy that is really grabbing my attention. However, I feel like the next episode will because of the whole Eddie rumor, but we'll get there. Giselle then goes to Ashley's place to meet the new baby. Oh my God. And then we see little Dean come in. Oh my God. He was so cute coming home from school or something in his like yellow, what it seemed to be a raincoat, but it could have been a winter coat. I'm not really sure. But oh my God, his cheeks were so adorable. So, so cute. I love that little moment. And then we find out that Giselle is literally inviting Ashley on the Williamsburg trip, even though she is not the host. That's Giselle being messy. Oh, I love when she does that shit. She does it for a reason. She knows what she's doing. That's why she will never, ever go off the show. And I fucking love it. Giselle, you are a goddess. And oh, that was such good work. And then she continues talking about Mia. This is before they meet up because they do meet up in this episode. And (laughs) she says, Ashley, you missed X, Y, and Z with Mia. And I just need to know her backstory because she goes from Annapolis and then she ends up being a stripper in North Carolina. And I just need to know all this so I can let my daughters know what not to do. And I was just like, ooh, that's some good shade. Yes, it is. And then she also continues being messy, talking about Wendy's freak nasty clothing that she continues to wear and all of the boobs and the ass that we see of her. And I'm not going to lie, I'm with Giselle. I'm kind of tired of seeing it. We get it. You look great. Like, give it a rest. Like, I don't need to see it all the time. I really don't. But then this is when it goes down. This is when Giselle reveals it. Ashley. I heard that Eddie has a girlfriend. I'm hearing this on the streets, but I don't know. Maybe that's why she's dressing the way that she is. Maybe that's why she got a boob and an ass job. Maybe she's trying to overcompensate for something because something's going on and she wants to ignore those rumors and she wants to look all fine and hot for her husband so he's not dicking around with anyone else, essentially is what she said. That was pretty interesting. That was the rumor mill. Then we go to Wendy's house, since we're on Zaxa Wednesday. We go to her house, and she is talking to Eddie about her new venture of becoming the Black Martha Stewart. And also, she's speaking about how she feels like people try to put her in just one box. Like, she's a professor and a political commentator, and she needs to just be that role. But she looks at Eddie and she's like, you know, I might be those things, but I also listen to trap music. Which, what does that have anything to do on the style of clothing that you wear? I don't really understand that whole point, but maybe I'm missing something. So she's basically saying... She wants to, I don't know, I feel like she just wants to wear whatever the fuck she wants. But like, honestly, she was even giving this. And here's the thing. She can wear whatever she wants. But I have to say, if I hired you to work at Johns Hopkins University and you're wearing the shit that you're wearing on the show, I would not want to see you there. I probably would have fired you by now. I mean, that she's she's got four degrees. She should know that shit by now. And if she doesn't want to be a part of it, get out of it. But here's the other thing that's crazy to me. 
As she's talking to Eddie about all this stuff with the candles and all this shit, she really doesn't know what the fuck she's doing, which is also surprising because I'm like, you have four degrees, don't you know this shit? Eddie kind of brings her back down to earth, saying that you are in way over your head. You don't know that you need to have a mission statement, a business plan, your financials, where is that coming from? What is your goal? Who is your demographic? And she's like, I just want to sell candles. And he's like, what the, like, seriously? You don't get it. And then Wendy finally realizes maybe I bit off more than I could chew. She basically wanted to pull a Craig. She wanted to put the money out there and have everyone else do everything for her, even though she didn't even know what needed to be done. I don't know. It's almost like you want to pay the money, put your face on the product, and then be good to go. I mean, that's just not how it works. Might work for J-Lo, but, you know, no offense, Wendy, you're not (laughs) J-Lo. So then she says that she doesn't want to walk away from her dream. But my question is, you have four degrees and your dream is making candles and selling candles. Like, I don't get it. I thought you wanted to be a political commentator like full time. That's what it sounded like last season. I'm just very confused with everything that you have going on with us for this season. I'm trying to figure you out. And I think that's why I'm having a hard time to connect with you in any type of way. And then we find out that Eddie tells her that he is not fulfilled. Oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. Is that, is that foreshadowing for more of the rumor shit going on that he is a girlfriend in alleged, in a potential illegitimate child with someone else? Now we all remember when those rumors came out. They were definitely in those websites. I remember talking about it. But maybe this is foreshadowing for that to come. So, oh my God, I'm so excited. So we're getting toward the end of the episode. Mia meets up with Robin and Giselle. They want to give her a clean slate. They want to forget that text message and just move on from it. So Mia is telling both of them how she was in foster care growing up. And Robin was saying, well, you know, your mom was doing drugs. Was she like in the streets? No disrespect because, you know, Juan's parents died of AIDS from heroin use and all that shit. And then Mia was very open and transparent, saying that her father also passed away from AIDS because of heroin use. So they were able to connect on that level. That's a pretty deep level. So From there, I think Robin and Giselle had a new respect for Mia. And you even saw Giselle say that in her confessional saying like, shit, this woman has been through a lot. She's been through a lot. I have a new respect for her. And it's amazing how she grew up and how she's here and that mink coat and potential stripper thing that she met her husband (laughs) per Robin's shade that she threw in her confessional. I thought that was good, though. So then we're getting to the tour bus to Williamsburg. I'm going to call it a tour bus because why not? It's fun. So the girls are meeting Candace at her house. They're getting on the tour bus, yes, to go to Williamsburg. Giselle then announces to the girls that she invited Ashley, then Candace. What? And then she's like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. She'll deal with it because she's a boss. (sighs) I'm so happy I didn't hear any of that shit this episode. So this was amazing and embarrassing at the same time. A little cringy. So of course, there's a stripper pole on this bus. And yes, kudos, Candace, for doing the Lysol. Yes, good move. I would have done that too. You never know who's been on it. So they all took turns going on the pole. Karen is very stiff, so makes me wonder what her and Ray do in bed, but I don't really want to know. Giselle, Lord bless her because she tried and... (laughs) 
Robin heard her coochie whenever she was doing it. And she says, I've been through worse. I like that moment. But then you have Mia, okay? And she's doing her thing. And you, come on, you know, you know she was a stripper. She, this was not her first time on that pole, let me tell you. And all the girls saw it. So, Mia, we're not stupid. You also thought getting your clit done was a vaginal rejuvenation. So, there's that. And Candace even said, this is funny. She says, your booty crack has seen this poll before. Yes, I appreciated that line. That's a wonderful quote. I love it. So they get to the place. Room picking is always such a thing with these housewives. I mean, I swear to God, if Ramona was in the vicinity of the whole thing, she would have said, I need the best room. And she doesn't even know any of these women. So the girls are picking their rooms. And then we see Robin basically kick out Mia from the upstairs because she wants to be close to Giselle. Oh, green-eyed bandits, honey. They will stick together forever, forever. And I love it. Yes. So Mia's like, okay, whatever. Karen is in her confessional saying, Giselle Slick. She's she's like an oil slick. I think that's what she said. But just the way that Karen says her shit like that, she's like, yeah, I can't believe she did. Oh, I love it. She's great. At the very end of the episode, they're all eating food and shit. Giselle looks around the room and she's like, so does anyone feel the need to apologize? Clearly, it's directed toward Karen. Karen, this is what she says. Are you talking to me? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That was a great moment. Karen then says, well, I feel like you should apologize to me. And then it's the whole, you wish death upon Ray, but Rewind the tape, honey. She did not say that. She just said Ray will be six feet under before Giselle isn't pretty or something. That's basically what the thing was. So no one wished death upon Ray, Karen. You need to get your facts straight. And I don't know. They're never going to apologize. They're too damn stubborn. I fucking love it. It's part of the show. It's great. It's great. So that's how the episode ended. It was to be continued. So we shall see what happens on Sunday. And also, just before I do my Instagram plug shit, you all know what it is. I have to say this past weekend, I fucking love, love, love Family Karma. And I was able to work with them at their booth for the underwear pants party. Yes, I can't even believe that happened. I remember Vishal putting something on his Instagram saying, people in Chicago, let us know if you want to help us at our booth because we're coming into town for the Chicago Market Days Festival. That's in Boys Town, which is pretty close by to where I am. I reached out to Vishal just like, oh, what the fuck? Ha. He responds, very, very nice. And you know what? On Sunday, I fucking met up with them and I met Nicholas. I met Amrit, Vishal, and Richa. Nicest people. The nicest people. I worked with them for about two hours trying to get people to get their underwear. Just so, so nice. I mean, if I lived in Miami, I'd hang with them. And clear, I mean, I only spent two hours with them, but they made me feel welcomed. They were kick-ass people. Go buy their shit. Support them. Like, Richa, oh my God, she's totally my girl. I would fucking hang with her. She would be one of my closest girlfriends. And I feel like she's a true bitch. You know what I mean? Like she's just, she gets it. She knows what's going on. And I had such a great time, a great experience. And yeah, they're just really nice people. If you haven't been on the family karma train, get the fuck on it because they're great people. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, buy their shit. 
But also, guys, follow your girl on Instagram, yes, at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. And follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry again that it's a day late. My bad now. But uh, we will return with regular scheduling. Hopefully nothing else happens. But we still got it in the week. You know what I mean? So I shall see you guys next week. Enjoy Brony. Enjoy Potomac. Enjoy Below Deck. Below Deck is crazy. Lexi's a fucking crazy ass bitch, but whatever. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.